Welcome to Spook Pod. This is Courtney. And this is Emily. It's a spooky episode of Spook Pod. Yeah, I mean, like, I know it's after Halloween, but... Yeah, we wanted to do this episode for Halloween, but then Natalie Holloway kind of took a very long time. And rightfully so. It deserved the time that it took. But, you know, because it's tis the season and I love all of the spooky things, Um, it's like my favorite time tis of year. So the season. <laughs> That's Poor the wrong season. Spooky. Yeah. <laughs> you, you started with the snowy season, and I want the spooky season. Um, so I I decided that I know, like, quite a bit about spooky lore and legends of North America growing up here. We heard them all the time, like Bloody Mary and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and werewolves and, you know, the vampires like that. And I mean, like, I know that vampires technically originated in Europe if you follow, like, what people say about lore and whatever. But, you know, they're they're popular here. And I was kind of just wondering if there were, like, ones that I hadn't heard of that were popular in the Netherlands. Which, I mean, some of them I've heard of and some of them I have not and are very weird. And I don't know if they're, like common lore or if this is like old-timey lore because sometimes that happens well yes so today we're going to be talking about lore yeah I always ask Erwin if he has heard of about these things and he's always like no I have no idea I don't know and I'm like cool thanks like that was helpful you're, yeah <laughs> you're, you're such a good support system to have as like a born and raised Dutch person when I'm looking at Dutch legends. So he never knows anything. But before we get started today, I, well, I wanted to say, because this is really exciting news in the world of true crime, that there was an arrest yesterday in the Delphi case. And I know, like, we, well, this is a Dutch podcast. But I still feel like I'm really involved in the world of true crime over in North America, too, as I'm from there. And Canada gets a lot of its news from the United States. So and the United States have a lot of <laughs> true crime you're cases. Al- you're always hating on the United States. Okay, but and, and it's not really hate for the United States, but they have a huge population compared to Canada. And when you That's just true. get fed their media all the time, you're going to see, like... Like, for population density-wise, it's probably not that bad. But because they have such a larger amount of people than we do, it's kind of like, wow, you guys have a lot of crime. Yeah. Did you know Canada (laughs) has, like, I think it's, like, the fifth or something lowest population density in the entire world? It's because we can only live on, like, a third of our country. Yeah. So there's not very many people in Canada. (laughs) Them rock shields are really hard to get through. (laughs) Yeah, but so there was an arrest yesterday in Delphi, and this is a case, it happened in 2017. If you haven't heard of it, you should go look at it because it is a crazy one, a heartbreaking one. I mean, it was crazy. They had video footage and this guy's voice on, like, the one of the girls that was murdered, she took a video of this guy before he murdered them, and it was on her phone, and the police had that. And they still hadn't caught this guy in five years. And now nothing is confirmed right now. So actually, when this podcast comes out, we will know more because they're having a press conference on Monday where they're going to confirm things and tell us what they know. So right now, there's a lot of things that are still up in the air. Um, But I just think that it's really exciting. And I hope that we're finally going to see some justice in this. Well, I mean, and honestly, for them to a even announce that an arrest was made in connection with that case and b release the name, they have to have some pretty heavy stuff on this guy Mm -hmm. to just like you don't just release that. Right. So, yeah, to actually make an arrest means, yeah, there has to be not like in Aruba in our last case where you can can just grab people and throw them in all willy nilly. (laughs) Yeah. And there's often a lot of rumors happening in this Delphi case. Like sometimes I see news articles and I'm like, wait, that can't be true. But 
Libby, one of the one of the girls who was murdered, her sister always said, if there's something real, you'll hear it from me. And she said on Twitter, like, there's a lot of rumors going around. Please don't perpetuate these rumors. If something is true, I will share it. And when I saw this news report that someone had been arrested, I at first was just like, oh, this is probably another rumor. And then I went to Twitter and I looked at Kelsey, the sister's Twitter, and she had tweeted being like, today is the day. And I was like, oh, my God. And I got like full body chills. So I'm excited for Monday. By the time you listen to this episode, Monday will already have happened. So, yeah, this is exciting. Hopefully we get some answers finally in a case that really deserves answers. This was a heartbreaking case. And I had like tears when I heard this news yesterday. Tears, because it's just crazy. Um, But yeah, today we are talking about legends. It's the spirit of Halloween, even though we're a little bit late for that as well. And Emily is going to be leading us through this episode. So I'm really excited to hear about all the spooky things she's heard about over here where I'm living. Yeah, you're going to have fun with this. And and I want to preface this by saying, and this is the same in a lot of cultures. This is not, <clears throat> this is not a Netherlands strictly. So don't come hating for anybody, but I find that a lot of the times when you're talking about like urban legends or lore or nasty things that go bump in the night, a lot of the times it's like the angry wronged woman who died and became a ghost or the haggard old crone who lures people in or like it's very negative views on women. And I think that a lot of that stems from like, you know, ancient times when all of this stuff became myth became legend became stories that we told the women, patriarchy women didn't have a great <laughs> standing in society and and any woman who did have power was pretty much like a witch or you know like evil or so yeah like she got that power in some mysterious way right bad way like yeah. deals with the devil and like yeah. yeah so like just kind of be aware as we go into this like it doesn't look great <laughs> for women <laughs> but Nowhere really does. Like, if you think about the kinds of ghost stories you encounter a lot of the times, it's like, oh, you know, she was angry at her husband and she killed her whole family and then she killed herself and now she's coming back for revenge on the world and like all that. So it's just, let's Mm -hmm. keep that in mind that women are kind (laughs) of shit on. And it's (laughs) funny because like in reality land, it's like opposite. It's like the guys who are Men are usually the more violent yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, if someone commits a murder, it's generally, not always, of course, but generally tends to be men. Um, but yeah, I was actually thinking about this exact same thing, too, the other day, because I was reading about, um, like, the witch trials that they so had. So I touch on that a little bit in oh, here. Oh, yeah, exciting. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was all women, right? Yeah. So. There were, uh, to be fair, there were a few men. But like I'm talking Wizards. like ten, I'm talking like ten men out of like the hundreds of thousands of people, yeah. and I mean like the numbers are definitely not that exactly. But yeah, there was very few men actually persecuted in in the witch trials, and and I'm also not sure of the numbers in Europe. Like I know in like the Salem witch trials, there were only a, a few men, um, but there were also European witch trials that took place before the Salem witch trials that were on a much grander scale. Yeah. And they were kind of the reason for the Salem witch trials. So, I mean, I don't know the numbers for those ones because it's like hundreds of thousands of people were literally murdered. The Salem witch trials were very contained to Salem area. So, yeah. Yeah. The Salem witch trials are crazy to me. That's an interesting, that that to me is a very interesting. Another American (laughs) And and but like a very interesting look at society and social interaction because it was so isolated to that mm-hmm. area and it was perpetuated by a few people. And so And clearly like, it was fake. Like And the influence that they had on society and the fear that they were able to sow into that society, like it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> shout out shout out to our other podcast, mostly awkward, because I feel like when we talk about conformity and norm setting this is kind of like this is something that happened in real life in this situation where a norm was formed that these 
witches exist and then everyone believed it and then it became this kind of like crazy hysteria where everyone yeah. just went wild murdering people that they thought were witches and even five years later these same people realized they're like oh shit yeah five years ago we really fucked up like even very shortly after normally it takes like decades right for people to change their ways but even five years after these people were like shit man we fucked up (laughs) that was not a good call yeah (laughs) also like and it wasn't just like it was petty too because it wasn't just like people who were actually proven witches it was like literally if someone wronged you like bumped you in the street or or and it and it tickled your fancy the wrong way and you had power in society that person could be dead the next day Mm -hmm. like just it was that it was mind-blowing it was mind-blowing it's it's scary (laughs) and like just losing all process you know where you get to a point in society where i know this was older times but there was still like a law system that they followed like a procedure and that just got all thrown out the window too so and can you imagine just being like and i know travel wasn't common in these times but can you imagine just being from like a neighboring town and just like oh i'm gonna go to salem for the day and like walking <laughs> in and being like oh something's wrong here people are being killed a lot <laughs> like i i can't even imagine just wandering into that as an outsider and seeing that society and then just being like i have to go now because <laughs> my uber's here yeah like, i made a mistake in coming to this i just wanted to shop a little bit and now i'm gonna leave <laughs> but i really like how salem has embraced this history i really want to go there actually I think yeah it'd be fun especially around halloween time yeah I think, uh, honestly, it was probably the best move for them to just be like, yeah, it happened. And like, here's (laughs) our history. Because if you try to ignore that, like, people don't forget that you just murdered hundreds of people. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. All right. But let's hear let's hear about some bad women, baddies in the Netherlands. Yeah, we're going to start out with women. We're going to end with like generic because I thought like, let's take the heat off of us at the very end. (laughs) Um, So I think that... um, the first one I started with, I, I, <laughs> I found this story and I was like, what? <laughs> um, but it's also interesting because um, the lore that I'm going to talk about for this one is not strictly from the Netherlands, although it did orig- originate in Denmark with, well, the first ever story that was like written and really known about the Little Mermaid was written by Hans Christian Andersen, who was from Denmark. And um, it's not the nice little story that Disney tells us, like. The girl literally gave up her soul and turned into sea foam at the end. Like, she dies. It's not a It's not a nice tale. That's so um, sad. But it's also, like, a very positive look at mermaids, which it tends to be in that area of the world. I found in a lot of the research that I've done, mermaids are, like, revered and held in high regard. It's not the same everywhere. Um, generally, stories of mermaids are, you know the creature that lures you to death on the rocks like the greeks and romans talk about sirens singing men to their death uh germanic literature mentions them kind of in the same facet you can see like in british history lore whatever you want to call it as early as 1078 there are features of like half women half fish creatures and yeah they they very much are like the the woman who pulls the men into the ocean and kills them and, like, takes them back to their... So so that we have to keep in mind. Like, mermaids had a pretty negative connotation. But in 1403, <laughs> <laughs> um, in a region um, around... I, and I... Pronunciation, I'm sorry, because I don't live here and I don't know it, but it looks like Poomer Lake. Um, and it was uh, connected to the ocean in northern Holland at, at this time, 1403. It was landlocked. But the salt water could flow in, tidal movements occurred, uh, and I think eventually uh, they reclaimed some land, which basically means, like, the ocean was eroding because the water was coming in, and so they were losing land in this region, and they just basically took, like, a bunch of land and plopped it in the water so that there was land again. But The Dutch are so uh, good at this because we are so far below sea level. That we had to build really good like dikes and polders and things like that because if if any water comes in here like we're gone we'll be underwater yeah <laughs> so there still is a lake in this area today but it I guess it's smaller in comparison to what was there in 1403 
Do you know what the lake is called? It was Poomer Lake. Oh, all right. You yeah. Said that. So it's by uh, Edom. Edom? Edom? Yeah. I'm not really sure. Anyways. Uh, so the mermaid is called the Edom Mermaid. Uh, it makes me think it's... of Edamame. <laughs> Uh, it's really interesting too, because when they found this mermaid, I'm going to air quotes that it was 1403 and 1403 is like the end of the dark ages. So this is a time in history where we had like no record of human, like there's very little to tell us about the dark ages. Um, and so you finally, this is 1400 is where you finally kind of start coming back into getting like writings and literature and depictions of things. Um, and you actually have a history. Um, and between 1400 and 1800 is the time frame where we are seeing witch trials really start to pick up and in Europe. And this is uh, when all of these women were being persecuted. So it's interesting to me that right at the beginning of this time in Edom, um, as the story goes, there was a very wild and destructive storm, which broke through levees and it created a path to the sea. And then once the storm had ended, there were sightings of a creature swimming in the Poomer Lake and they repaired the levees. And so now the lake is once again cut off from the ocean and the sightings continued. And I guess a group of local women who had like seen this thing in the lake the most uh, convinced others in the area that the mermaid, as they started calling it, should be captured. So everyone, everyone, not everyone, <laughs> but like everyone that was involved got into their boats and they scooped the mermaid. <laughs> I'm going to keep air quoting this because it's by the end of this, I'm like, it wasn't a mermaid, but they scooped the mermaid out of the water and they cleaned algae off her body and they took her into the town. And this woman didn't speak. And she didn't, like, engage with them other than to, like, you know, mute kind of workings. And so... What's they her name, Ariel? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know her name. <laughs> they assimilated her into the society. And they taught her Christianity, which was everyone's go-to for saving people at the time, was to give them religion and language and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, they could not give her language because she did not speak. And they described her as wild and having an otherworldly appearance, but she was tamed and taught how to behave. Uh, she became a tourist attraction, and people would come into the town, and they would let anyone go to see her who wished to see her, and she never learned to speak. Seems a bit far-fetched for anyone reading this with a modern perspective, because I came into this and read it and was like, oh, you found a mute girl floating in the water, and you decided she was a mermaid, and you kidnapped her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <clears throat> it's very interesting that at this time their assumption was to jump to mermaid and i get it like there's a person in the water whatever um but in all the stories i've looked at regarding this there's no mention of her having a tail or like fins or scales or any of the features that you would be like bing bing mermaid <laughs> It it literally sounds like they came upon like an abused or distressed or disabled woman who was living in the wild and swimming in the lake and they just plopped her in their boat and stole her and then were like, we have a mermaid. <laughs> so it's a very interesting story to me because like, yes, for the time, it's it's lovely that they were kind to this person and they had a good view on mermaids <laughs> and and they it ended kind of well. But I, it also, and I don't know um, upon hearing the story if it triggered this for you, but it made me think of Pocahontas because this was a, a North American version of this with um, a First Nations indigenous person and uh, the European settlers came and entered this tribe and Pocahontas spoke no, if if any, English. There, were, I'm pretty sure she did not speak English. Uh, she was 14. And they scooped her up and they took her back to England with them and they dressed her up in English clothing and they taught her Christianity and they taught her English and they made her into a sideshow, basically. And so it kind of like drew ties to that story for me, but still on a more positive level because it seems like this woman was like, okay with what was going on, which I mean, maybe for someone with a disability who was, you know, generally swimming in a lake uh, for her life is okay with being clothed and 
she well, was the taught fact, the fact that she was a tourist attraction i don't know how kind that was yeah i don't know like you know huh. it's not i don't know because you weren't there right so like what does that entail I feel is like that in like 1403 she, that probably wasn't very she has pushy. no privacy she yeah. has no privacy she's just like thrown like, into yeah just, so that I part of it her sucks. like locked in like a glass cage filled with it's water. funny because there actually is like a version and i'm again i don't know how true any of this is but there is a version that when they were carrying her from their boats to the town they did put her in like a tank of water and carry her along so again if this is a woman who just like cannot speak and was out for a swim in the lake now you got a bunch of people hucking you in a boat <laughs> toting you to land tossing you into a barrel of water and skirting you across the fields into a town where they then charge people to come stare at you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, doesn't sound very nice. So that was the story I chose to begin with because I just thought uh, mermaids are everywhere and we've all heard of them. And then um, I kind of kept looking a little bit and got this was where I started to like think about how women were portrayed because I came across a lot of like old crone or witch in a hut stories, which I think I'm most familiar with like the Baba Yaga idea um, of a old crone, which I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Courtney. No, I also like is what is a crone? <laughs> so it's like it's like the, you know, the old woman with the long nose with the wart. OK, let's go Snow White. The witch uh, in Snow White, that would be your, like, standard old crone. So it's, like, an older woman who's not attractive, who has these, like, messed up powers, whether she be a witch or just evil. She's, like, a trope in society that recurs often. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the yeah, one of the ones I'm most familiar with is Baba Yaga. And that's honestly just because, like, I play Tomb Raider and I watch The Witcher and... So yeah, it's I don't super, know that either. It's a super interesting tale. Um, She lives in a hut in the woods and she will do like one of three things. She will help you. She she will imprison you or she will eat you when she lures you into her home. Like Hansel and Gretel? Kind of. But like once you get into her home, you can't get out without making the deal. So you like go into her home and she offers you like. I will help you, but you have to give me. So it's kind of like a Little Mermaid thing where, like, you lose your voice, but you get your legs mm-hmm. in the Disney tale. Or she will keep you with her forever if you refuse her, her deal. Like, if you're like, no, those aren't good terms. I don't want. Then she's you're just hers forever. And then she can choose to eat you as well because you're locked in her doorless hut in the <laughs> woods. And now in some versions of the story, her hut actually has legs that can stand up and the house like walks through the woods and like it's it's kind of creepy, but that's a Russian. I think it's Russian uh origins for that one. Um but the ones that I found in the Netherlands, um this one's kind of fun. So her name is Old M- Mineki, I think. Minica. Um, Minica. Minica? I think Min- Minica. Anyways, she's horrendously ugly and old. Um, <laughs> horrendously. That's like, the description. Hey, lady, horrendously. You're old. You're ugly. Hang on. Wait till you hear the description. It's terrible. She has a gaping black hole for a nose. That's not a warts. nose. There's no nose. There's no nose. No nose. Um, and warts all over her bald head. No eyebrows. <laughs> And a toothless mouth, save for a couple of yellow fangs. Her teeth drip poison as she chases down her prey, and her fingers are tipped with long black claws. So she's cute. Like, she's a cute thing. Um, Her thing is to lure the sons of farmers into her pit to feed off their life force, which is their souls. Hmm. Um, she has to keep them alive to feed off of them. So she offers them as much gold as they can carry to visit her for one night a week. So like they get the gold, but they have to come back and dabble with uh, with the old hag. Um, <laughs> and apparently in her pet, like once you enter her pet, no one can hear you scream. So that's cute. Oh, that's, scary. that's safety. Safety pet. <laughs> safety. Um, <clears throat> so there is a specific tale where she tries to entice the son of this one farmer. And for years, like, his parents warned him and were like, don't, mm, don't bang the hag. Don't do it. <laughs> She's not worth it. Um, don't take the gold. It's, we're okay. 
We are like, we are set-ish. <laughs> um, so for years, uh, he turned her down. He turned down her wagons of gold. He turned down her advances, her anything she could offer him. He was like, no, thank you. No, thanks. I'm good. Um, but then, as you know, most stories go, he meets uh, a woman. And she is the daughter of the richest man in town. Uh, and they go out. They really like each other. Spend a day together kick their feet in the lake together, hold hands, sing songs. The whole nine yards, he falls in love. And he brings her back at the end of the day to her house. And her father sees them. And he basically says, you can't have this piece until you bring me a wagon full of gold. (laughs) You can't afford her, bro. (laughs) And so in order to be with the girl he loves, he returns to old Minica, Mineki, whatever her name might be. Minica. And Minica. Okay. Yeah, old Minica. Old Minica. And he, he returns to her and he says, let's get that gold going. And let's so bone. now, <clears throat> yeah, let's bone, baby. So now she has a claim over a piece of his soul and his happiness starts to fade away week after week as he visits her because she's feeding off of him. Oh, no. So his wife notices. She's like, hey, yo, you're getting sad. You're being depressed. Oh, so he got I- the girl. Yeah, he got the girl. He got, he got the, the girl. girl. He married her. Like, that was the exchange. He gets the wagon full of gold. He gets the girl. He can be with the woman he loves, but he's got to bang the witch on the side. <laughs> and um, he's getting sad about it. Yeah. He's his wife bang notices. The witch on the side. <laughs> she confronts him about getting sad and finds out about the witch that has a piece of his soul. And she decides that that ain't fly and she's going to do something about it. And I love me a strong woman in a. Hell yeah. In the story. So here she comes. This is actually a fairly uh, good depiction of a woman, and I like it, and I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to ignore the fact that she's battling old crone face. (laughs) Um, So she decides to dress as a man, and she offers herself to the witch. And the witch, who's like kind of getting tired of the stock she has and really enjoys the chase, chases the young man. Air quotes, young man. And she chases him through fields and it it goes on for a very long time. And the wife had a plan. Um, so she led old Minica to the land of, and I can't say the Dutch word for this, and I didn't even include it because I was like, nope, I don't understand. <laughs> but it's the land of something called the Willow Man. And I did not look into this too much, but I'm pretty sure he's like another creepy dude. Maybe I'll go, maybe we'll research him another time and yeah, I will give you should. more on him. Is he like but the Slender the- Man? Yeah, like I feel like it's along those lines, but he's, I don't know if he's a protector, but anyway, she leads him to the land of the Willow Man, and he's agreed to help. So she leaps across the border onto his land, and he grabs old Minica, and he tosses her into the, and Courtney, can you say this? Because it's a river, and I think it's called the, Isil? Yeah, okay. Uh, So he, he grabs her, and he tosses her into a river, which leads to the sea, and she's carried out and eaten by sharks. And that is the, basically... The end of the tale is that she gets ripped apart by sharks, and the man and his wife are now happy and free of the curse of old Mineki. So, uh, Minica. Well, Minica, that's good. Sorry. That's good that they got free at the expense of poor old Minica. Yeah. Yeah, she got ripped apart. <laughs> I feel for old Minica. As we were saying, like, I was thinking about this as you were reading the story, but I feel like a lot of these women that are portrayed badly are unmarried women right it it kind yep. of feels like it was like a, a a scary thing that they did in society where if you were unmarried by the time you got older you know that was really bad and you wouldn't have a man to provide for you and you would be doomed to become this like forest dweller witch the spinster yeah the forest dwelling <laughs> spinster. spinster witch and it's like these stories were made to kind of scare you out of that to be like be a good little girl and get married because you don't want to end up like old minica you know yeah minica 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 (laughs) we're having (laughs) trouble with that minica it's because it's a strange spelling it looks like Minnie mouse with an eke on the end (laughs) yeah there's a lot of dutch names like that that end with ek and it's normally like an Actually, in a case that I'm doing next week, I have that name in it as well. So, All right. Help me out with the next name, too. Do you know what that one is? Rixt Van Oord. <laughs> okay. So I was saying it right. I'd say that, that one, one right at the very well, least. Well, if I'm saying it right, I don't know. But that looks that looks like it. So in this one, and again, this is a, a woman, 
on her own in life. Um, a and spinster? apparently, I, I, it's never uh, specifically said, but I believe so based on what happens in the story. <laughs> um, she does have a son. I will preface it with that. So if she is alone, it's like either her husband died or her husband left her. Uh, so again, a woman alone. Um, and apparently she would sit under a tree and people would come and buy like shiny bubbles and gold for her or from her. Um, she was known to have a cow and she tied a lantern around its neck and she would chase it across the dunes and it would lure sailors in and they would crash upon rocks and shipwreck themselves basically. And then she would go over and find the wreckage of the ships and she would search through them and she would bite off the bloated fingers of dead oh sailors <laughs> to steal their gold rings. And that's what she would sell to the townspeople. And one day she does this whole little song and dance with her cow and she crashes a ship upon the rocks and she trots over to the wreckage and she finds within the wreckage the dead body of her son who was apparently estranged from her and on this ship that she had lured into the rocks. And so the story goes that she died immediately upon seeing his body from grief and was swept out to sea. And people in that area still report hearing her cries upon the wind for her son. Oh, spooky. Yeah. So that one is like an old crone story that turns kind of into a ghost story mm -hmm. because, yeah, because she killed her son. <laughs> by doing the by doing the cow dance on the dunes and the bitey of the fingies. Oh, that part got me. Yeah. I can't do it. Oh, I think we've talked before about how I'm not good with like the eating of the people. Mm -mm. No thanks. No thanks. It's not. Um. Uh. So another one I found is like a really really short one, but it was very interesting because it's called the Rye Mother, and it was like a one used to keep children from playing out in open fields. And I mean, this is kind of like logical because you don't want your crops ruined. You don't want your kids lost. So You don't need like I mean, a hand... scarecrow or anything. Just talk about <laughs> yeah. the rye Hand mother. in hand. They call her the rye mother. <laughs> and uh, she's hidden in fields of rye, wheat, or corn. So basically the grains. She's a big grain fan. Um, <laughs> and she she's there to keep the children from playing in the fields. And if you see the rye move oddly, the rye mother is coming to get you. This is spooky because I don't know how many of you have ever, like, and especially in North America, corn mazes are very popular around this time of year specifically. Um, but anyone who's ever gone to walk next to a field or in, in a field, you know that, like, literally the slightest breeze and it's like, and everything, like, <laughs> everything moves and it brushes against and the noises that it makes are strange. So... For you to tell a child, like, if the grain moves oddly, you're about to get snatched, is, like, such a terrifying thing because most of the time the grain moves oddly. <laughs> oh, God. Um, the rye yeah. mother is coming. <laughs> um, and then, so this last, like, big old crone one that I'm going to talk about is, um, it kind of links into the, the last thing I'm going to talk about. So the last thing is not necessarily female. Um, but this one kind of links into it. So there are a few stories that claim that it is this creature that I'm about to talk to that does this. Um, so the last one is called the Horseshoe Hag. There's a woman and her husband. And the woman goes to her husband and she complains that in the night, once he falls asleep, a woman comes into their home. And she goes to the wife and throws a bridle over her head and turns her into a horse and rides her through the night. So the wife is like... The wife yeah. turns into a horse? The wife gets turned into a horse and ridden by a woman. <laughs> Could you imagine if like your significant other complained about this to you? He'd be like, in these times, it probably is fine because of all the witchcraftery that's going on. But in like normal like, society, uh, honey, if I was dating... I turn into a horse. Yeah, if I was dating a guy that was like, yo, I turn into a horse at night, I'd be like... <laughs> Yo, <laughs> video or it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so she turns into a horse and is ridden through the night. And the husband only takes notice of this because his wife looks extremely tired and she is thinning at an alarming rate. So this kind of made me wonder if perhaps this was actually just someone who was sick, like with like a 
long-term illness or a chronic illness or, you know, like terminal illness who was losing weight and like whatever. And this is kind of what they made up for this. But so the whole like thing is she was looking, she was looking crappy (laughs) and her husband took note. And so he proposed that in the night, she sleeps on his side of the bed and he'll sleep on her side of the bed because that's going to fool it. That's going to trick. <laughs> it's trickery. We're not even – we look so similar. Um, so anyways, that was his proposal was that they switch places. And he stayed up this time. He was not the one to fall asleep. His wife did. And so I, the woman came, showed up, and – she tried to toss the bridle that she carried over his head, but there was a struggle. And because he was a big, strong man, he won the struggle and he tossed the bridle over her head and she became a horse. So his solution, and this is crazy because I never would have thought of this. His solution was to take her to a blacksmith and have shoes put on her. <laughs> Don't know what kind of blacksmith is open in the middle of the night. I'm poking holes in the story left, right, and center. But this was his solution. <laughs> so he takes the horse and he has it shooed. And he brings it back home and he leaves it outside and he goes to bed. And then the next day, the horse is gone. And no one knows where it went. And then with no mention of this prior in the story, it says that their neighbor, who is very unkind, a, a very unkind woman, has disappeared. And so mm. a couple of days go by and they still haven't seen the neighbor. And I'm assuming there was a bit of a smell. So they break into the neighbor's house and they come across her body lying on the bed with horseshoes nailed to her hands and feet. Oh, my God. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Spooky. <laughs> I'm so glad we're not recording this, like, late at night when I'm alone <laughs> in, in the dark. dark, dark attic. <laughs> um, so, and the reason I say this kind of connects to another one that I've been looking at is, um, well, a couple of reasons. So, the horseshoe hag is, like, a very early example of one of, like, the first kind of lore stories about nightmares. And... I put quite literally a mare in the night, um, which is not where the where it comes from. But I really enjoyed that. Um, The victim is forced to become a horse and carry the evil hag through the night. Um, The victim of and they call this creature a nightmare um, experiences pressure on their chest and is consumed with horror and they wake feeling exhausted mentally and physically. So for me, and I have experienced this a couple times in my life and it was terrible this sounds like sleep paralysis. Um, and so, again, I wonder if, like, that was an example of someone experiencing sleep paralysis and not having an explanation for it. Because it really does feel like there's a either someone in the room with you, someone sitting on your chest. Like, you have this foreboding sense of something. And I remember mine. And it was terrifying. Like, I really did think that there was someone in the room with me. And I was like, I can't move. I can't defend myself. I'm dead, basically, if there is someone in here. And so it was, like, a very, like, scary experience, and it almost caused, like, panic attacks with me specifically. So I relate to that, like, on a deep level. But it also draws allusion to this, like, character of the backrider, which I have never heard of before in my life. I think it's a strictly European thing, and it's not even, like, a ton in the Netherlands. It's mostly in Belgium. But... There is a little bit in, like, Northern Holland um, lore about this creature. So there's a few variations on it. It can be a ghost, a witch, possibly a werewolf. But the story goes that there is a traveler. And again, you have to remember, when you were traveling at this time, if you traveled at night, there were no streetlights. There were no paved roads. There were no cities to come upon. There weren't cars going by. You very rarely ran into other travelers. There was usually roving bands of bandits on the roads. Like, it wasn't safe. And it wasn't well lit. And it wasn't nice. Like, it was it was terrible, really. Um, and so there would be a traveler who was weary from spending a day walking and maybe was getting close to their destination and had decided to continue into the night. And they were becoming more and more tired as they traveled on. Their legs were getting heavier. They were less and less aware of their surroundings. But all of a sudden, they would begin to notice a presence nearby. And I'm sure you've all felt it when you're like walking down the street and you're like, I think someone's watching me, trying to find that person. Or you just scare yourself because it is late at night and you're running from streetlight to streetlight trying to get to your car. As a female, 
<laughs> that's pretty up there on the things I'm scared of at night. Like you got uh, the keys in the hand, ready to go, ready to fight. Do I have pepper spray? Can I get to my car <laughs> in time? Like there's a whole list of things you do. So they feel this presence following them. And as much as they look behind them, they never see it. And it begins to feel like it's looming over their shoulder, grasping at their shoulders, pulling them backwards. But again, they can't see anything. They can't, they can't locate this creature. It doesn't look like there's anything with them. And apparently this creature will begin to climb onto them and sling an arm over their shoulders, banding it across their chest, forcing the traveler to drag it along as they make their way home. And you can imagine if you're walking and you feel another being climb onto your back that you can't see or can't, you know, tactilely and work with that, you know, you start to carry a second weight your body is getting more tired your legs are dragging you're just trying to get to your destination um so apparently in order to get home they have to carry the creature all night and they would only find respite when the sun rose or when they reached their destination and so like i just again i think that maybe that could be explained by just someone being like super super tired on the way home and being like i got so tired i was like i could barely stand and like whatever but there are actually accounts of people who say that there was a furry arm slung over their shoulder or um that they could feel the weight of another person riding their back <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and they uh so this the main difference between this back rider and the night hag that rides people as horses that I could see is that the nightmare or the night hag would start off by sitting on your chest and would throw a bridle over your head and then ride you as a horse kind of a thing but the back rider just literally kind of hops on your back and and piggybacks home (laughs) um but both of these things evoked feelings of terror or unease for days afterwards from all of the you know firsthand accounts that there are of people experiencing this so, yeah, I just think that, like, there are ways to explain this away today. Sleep paralysis, you know, mm-hmm. just being tired on your way home and, and, you know, you get a little loopy when you're sleep deprived. Yeah. And... <laughs> Your feet are dragging. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it could be partially that, too. But, yeah, I just thought that those were very interesting and very linked together. And the only similarities that I could draw to North America from the backrider thing is like actually our our depictions of, you know, werewolves or even uh, in First Nations cultures, the Wendigo. But the Wendigo, like, again, eats people (laughs) (laughs) and they tend to like drag you off to a cave. So you wouldn't be able to like reach your destination and get home. Um, This one just needed a ride. That's it. Yeah, just need, <laughs> just needed to catch a ride to town. Yeah, and that was another interesting thing is that this backrider never seemed to, like, hurt anyone or kill anyone. It just hopped on for a ride and terrorized <laughs> you until you got to your home, which I think is still scary. Like, I, honestly, having an extra weight on my shoulders that I couldn't describe or explain away as I tried to get to my home, it's like that dream where you're, like, trying to run and it's like and you're you moving can't in molasses. Yes. Yeah. I had that the other day. I hate that. Again, a nightmare. So, yeah. you know. Nightmare. Yeah. Anyways, those are that's pretty much the end of my creepy lore journey that I went on through the Netherlands, which uh, was just mostly women bashing for like a solid, you know, half an hour. I love me some bad women, honestly. The, the older I get, the more I want to be a witch. And just have the neighborhood kids consider me a witch. Like, oh, that's where that creepy Courtney lady lives. Honestly, I think it's cool. If I heard she's I had, foreign. If people thought I had magical powers, like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to play that up. <laughs> I'm going to have eight black cats and, you know, and I'm going to turn my lights on. I'm going to have them on automatic timers and turn them on at weird hours of the night or like have them set to flicker strangely in my home. <laughs> so you think my house is haunted and that I'm just living there peacefully. I'm going to mess with it. I'm going to stand at my like upper attic window looking out down onto the street at people as they walk by. But just super still with like your arms straight down at your sides and yeah. like, not moving. Of and your course, head tilted that's down the stance. ominously. Yeah, yeah. That's the stance, of course. <laughs> the creepy older woman stance. <laughs> I also wonder if part of this situation that I just read about and talked about 
is just that too. Like just women being like, "Fine, you want to cast me as the creepy old hag, and I will play I'll the creepy, be the old, creepy hag. old hag." Yeah, watch me bite off your bloated fingers and sell your jewelry. <laughs> Yeah, I think it also probably came down to desperation for a lot of these women. If they were the outcasts of society, then you know, you gotta make a living. Yeah. One way or another. And like honestly, for women there wasn't that much you could do. You had to get married. That yeah. was that was your yeah. choice. Or bite the bloated fingers <laughs> off of sailors. One or the other. <laughs> Nothing in between. There's no or or trick young men into sleeping with you. Yeah, you know. looking for some love. But I, my question about her, where did the gold come from? Like, did she just have buckets full of gold or was it like trickery? That's a good question because if she had buckets full of gold, why was she living that life? Right? Well, because she was horned up. <laughs> she wanted the physical intimacy. She, didn't she had one gold. motive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Her motives were a little different from everybody else. It wasn't just trying to survive. She wanted to get some. Uh. <laughs> or maybe ruin other people's marriages because she was like the the side, the side yeah, hoe. She was the side <laughs> hustle. But here's the thing. <laughs> I was thinking about that because I was like, in today's society, like normally when you have like a side girl, she's like young and pretty and like airhead and like whatever like that's the general idea of the girl on the side right is that the one at home is the one holding it down doing the hard work keeping your family together keeping your house together and then you've got some young little plaything on the side but these dudes their side piece had no nose <laughs> i need to like i need to reiterate that she had no nose and A she barely had any black teeth. hole <laughs> and she barely had any teeth and warts all over her head so it's not like you could like you know, be seen hair? walking. She had no hair. No, right? she was bald. She was she bald. bald, no eyebrows, no nose, and a gaping hole of a mouth. <laughs> Maybe she had really pretty eyes. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> she had a great personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stole no, my soul. She a was rich. Bit. She was rich. That's <laughs> she it. <laughs> she had the money. <laughs> yeah. Which one of these should I be when I grow up? Uh, I think. Um, and hopefully you don't get the same ending. But I think the woman who bridles other people and rides them through the night is a fun one, as long as you don't end up dead with horseshoes on your feet. <laughs> or the rye mother, because who doesn't like terrifying children? True. And the horseshoed hag, the only problem with that is I like going to bed early. So, you oh, know. Okay. Yeah. You didn't want to be up late riding yeah, your horse. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But the rye mother, yeah, I could... I could cruise through some cornfields during the day. I could, yeah, I could hide out in a, in a grain field and just nab a child or two. I'd let them go after. It's just to keep the rumor alive. Like you See, that's a good one because you don't have to kill anybody. You just have to like snake around in a field and occasionally snatch a child and release it a, a few days later. Yeah. Can I wail a bit too? Yeah, of just course. Like... Of course. Like sound like the wind, but like the ominous wind. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, wait, is that the wind or is that a crazy lady screaming? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Happy Halloween, everyone, even though yeah, happy I know after Halloween. I know we're a bit late. <laughs> happy November season. Well, for us, we're not late because we're recording this. I'm having a Halloween party tonight. It's not even Halloween yet. So. I think I'm carving pumpkins today. So oh, damn, that's fun. You know, they don't really have like the big pumpkins here that you can get. Well, I'm sure you can probably get them somewhere, but they're not as easily gettable as they are. Do they, do they carve anything? No, they don't really celebrate Halloween here, which is why no. I'm bringing it here. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I I'm having a Halloween party. My friends are coming. How do you get free candy if you don't exploit a child and take them around and <laughs> trick or treat with them and get the candy? Well, I don't have a child either. What am I going to do? You have to f locate one. Locate Steal locate a, child. a child. No, no, no. Locate. <laughs> <laughs> In the cornfield? Just follow it. You don't even have to like be with And it. then just beat it up. It. Beat it up. For and... <laughs> I'm like the bully. <laughs> no, you just pretend. You just pretend you're with the child and you trick or treat with it. But then I would steal its candy. So that's you. No, no. You go up to the door with. You have to be in costume. Oh, and you go they up to the, like your and expect them to give me candy too. Yeah, like a doting parent, and just be like trick or treat, like we're doing it together. Oh, <laughs> and then see what happens. <laughs> and then they would put some candy in just the kids' basket, and I'd no, be you like, shake uh, yours. You hello. shake yours and be like, Mama needs the treats. 
Well, why don't you do that? You go do that. Well, here's what I do is that I dress up my dog and I dress up myself and I walk around with my two-year-old niece and I steal candy from her. So (laughs) I feel like... (laughs) Yeah, that's good. It's good to have like a niece or a nephew during Halloween. Right? We We don't celebrate Halloween here, so... Y'all are missing out. Bring it. Bring the Halloween fun. Halloween was so fun when I was a kid. I loved it. Right? I used to get pillowcases full of candy. It oh, was disgusting. Same. same. I would see these like little amateur kids walking around with their little jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> it's like the size of a... Like, what are you doing? What is this? <laughs> You're seven. You can carry a sack full of candy if you need to. Let's go. <laughs> My sister's friends actually do this really crazy thing, and I love it. Um where they have three kids and so they bring like one of those like re- like the wagons like the red wagon and the kids carry a pillowcase and they like go to this one neighborhood that has like a bunch of houses that participate like it's like three three or four blocks of like everybody does halloween and um they'll fill up a pillowcase and every time they fill it up they'll run over and dump it in the wagon and then by the end of the night you just have a wagon full of candy <laughs> that you drag around with you <laughs> It's great. And then the kids don't have heavy pillowcases to carry because mine used to get, like, weighed down. Yeah. All those bags of chips, you'd think it would be light, but it gets weighed down. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Celebrate Halloween in one way or another. Enjoy your spooky season. Yeah. Even if you just watch Hocus Pocus. I haven't seen or part Or Hocus two Pocus yet. 2. Me neither. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it, seen it. I was planning I on watching it, but I I agreed it. to watch it with these two buddies of mine that we're watching stuff with but we're not coordinating very well right now because life is happening so well my god because i have like a list of things to watch with you so hurry up wow the (laughs) savagery (laughs) all right see you next week bye bye thanks for listening if you liked this episode please listen rate review and follow all episodes of spook pod New ones are out every Friday, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to chat? Email us at thespookpod at gmail.com or follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit at SpookPod. For a full list of episodes, more deets, or to see what's coming next, visit our website, spookpod.com. This has been a presentation of Mostly Awkward Media. See See you next week. week! Thank you.